Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. My name is Viv. And I'm Dylan, and you're listening to Treadmill Talk. In Treadmill Talk, we'll sit down with industry experts in the world of health and fitness, some good banter and yarns along the way. We're all about nutrition, training and lifestyle. Powered by Flex Fitness. Hey team, welcome back to Treadmill Talk. You're here with Nick. I will be joining Viv on today's instalment. We have Sarah Cowley Ross, a NZ Olympic track and field athlete who competed in the Olympics in 2012, a Commonwealth Games athlete in 2006, and now a mother of two kids who is currently a New Zealand Olympic ambassador and has spoken to over 20,000 New Zealand school children with the Olympic Education Programme. Here she is. Welcome back, guys, to Treadmill Talk. You're here with Viv and my new co-host, Nick. G'day, guys. Uh, and our special guest today is Sarah Cowley-Ross. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're very lucky to have you. And I just wanted to start off with a fast five. Some of those questions are hot topics, so, you know, you got to answer them really quickly, so it's just whatever comes to your head. Okay. Okay, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> Game of Thrones, yes or no? No. What? Oh my god! Okay, let's talk about that later. <laughs> Do you prefer the two hundred meters or the eight hundred meters? Oh, good question. Two hundred. Okay, coffee or tea person in the morning? Both. Both. Tea. No, you got to pick one now. Tea quickly. first, and then I'm having coffee Told in my you. porridge. Okay. Okay. This is a mum question. Huggies or little rascals? Okay, great question, Little Rascals. Okay, we can touch back on that one. (laughs) And the last Fast Five question, this is a hot topic. This is a real goodie. Okay, do you wash your legs in the shower or not? Well, no, but say if I shave my legs, then they have soap on them. Hey, I'm exactly the same. (laughs) So apparently... Or if I've got mud on my legs, then I'll... Yeah, like if you've done something outdoorsy, you know, that's when you can... I I mean, 800,000 New Zealanders say they do. I don't believe that. I don't believe them either, actually. They're lying. Mm. What is Huggies and Little Rascals? Talk to me about this. So, actually, I'm probably both because I was Huggies. Mm-hmm. And then Little Rascals came out. Tell you what, they just kept that back. Explosion <laughs> that you do not want. And you've got two little kids, yeah? <laughs> yep. yep. How old are they? How old is so Max? So, Max, he's um, a little boy. He's three. Three now, yeah. Three. And Popsy's just turned one. So, oh, yeah. they're close in age, so they'll. They grow up very close. Yeah, they love each they other. They love each other most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> yeah. No, fair enough. Yeah. Should we start with uh, from the beginning? Where are you from? You know, you if people up? don't know who Sarah Kelly Ross is. Okay, so I grew up in Rotorua. Yes. Yeah, it was an awesome place to grow up, actually. And I'm mm. in the middle of two boys. So I've got my older brother, Gaz, and my younger brother, Richie. And, yeah, I guess we had a love-hate relationship yep. as well. Like, they were, like, full-on boys. Like, they never went easy on me. And, like, we were just tackled down the hallway. And, like, they just, like, bowled me at full pace, like, playing cricket and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Just like all good brothers would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Straight up. They were <laughs> ruthless. But I actually now am, like, so glad that they did that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Made you have a hard exterior, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got super supportive parents like my mum and dad were awesome sadly my dad's passed away now but he was an immigrant to New Zealand when he was seven years old he, his parents where, moved from Samoa from Samoa and like I think he just recognised the sacrifice and courage 
of their decision to come to New Zealand mm. and just wanted so much for my brothers and I with my mum because of that sort of, I guess, nurturing and that desire to, you know, really make the most of every opportunity. We just had a ball and it wasn't like we never went without, but we weren't kids that asked for everything yeah. because... <laughs> No was no. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, you're and not Like sport was 100 percent encouraged. Yeah. Were they athletic? Yeah, so my yeah. dad played basketball for New Zealand. Oh wow! Um, oh. And he was a really good rugby player as well. My mum was indoor basketball. Oh, otherwise known as netball. They met at a basketball tournament, and yeah. But I think probably for my dad, education was hugely important, mm. and so it was like if you haven't done your homework you won't be going to sport. Right. He was pretty strict on us. <laughs> <laughs> he ran a good shit with my yeah. mum. So, yeah, and they, and they were, like, you know, really amazing in terms of, like, they were always involved in, like, sports teams mm. or helping at the school or things like that. So, yeah, I guess I was felt re- I feel really lucky to have had a cool place to grow up in, cool sort of adventuring type stuff and also... An amazing family to be part of. Nice. I mean, that's kind of what started your track and athlete background. Like, what made you yeah. go through, you know, want to do that? Yeah, so I so. grew up playing, like, I think most Kiwi kids yes. do or did. I'm not sure about whether it's the same these days because of early specialisation is a real problem. Mm. So we don't have these, like, well... When I grew up, we played so many different sports. Everything in the backyard. In the backyard. Every day. Yeah. (laughs) And I sort of had the, like, girls didn't really play so much traditional, what I'd say is boys' sports, even though I hate saying that, but, like, we didn't have as much, as many girls playing rugby or cricket or things like that. Now this is an everyday norm, which is amazing. Mm. But so I did netball in the winter and athletics in the summer mainly, but... You know, we did, we played tennis, we did swimming, we, I did gymnastics, we did golf. You know, it was like, have golf. a go. Yeah, golf. <laughs> I tell you why I played golf. Yeah, I'm, I love that. I, I tell you why I played, went to the golf on a Sunday morning sometimes. My dad was a golfer. Nice. And we go to the practice fairway and the closest the pin got, uh, got to have a chocolate bar. Oh, <laughs> That's okay. my motivation. Yeah. That's straight good. my motivation. Good, good. And it's actually quite handy as a woman to learn how to swing a golf club. Absolutely. Yes, I was going to say, that's pretty impressive. So golf you've always ball, been like really naturally athletic. You've taken to so. sports pretty I, yeah. easy. I guess because, you know, we were outside kids. We were yeah. throwing balls around and so naturally those skills developed and yeah. I was trying to keep up with my brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was Huge just like... Huge motivator. Yeah. And it was just like a competition <laughs> fest I'll get all them. the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and, you know, I like I didn't want to just keep up with them. I wanted to beat them. Mm. So it was like go home, stay home and things like that. It was like, yeah. you will not get me. <laughs> you know? Very so cool. those kind of... I guess your physical literacy that people would say these days as a kid... It was very easy for me to develop because we had a big backyard. We had like a half court, not a half basketball. You know, we had a basketball hoop. We had a netball hoop. Um, We walked to school. We played sport at school. And it was easy to be active. There's being active and there's being like naturally gifted at sports. But where do you develop that work ethic, especially as a a solo sports person? Um, I think part of it, like, is it ingrained in you? Mm. Yes, I think if your parents show you mm. stickability, if they show you how to work hard. But also, I think it's just a matter of being a start-to-finish person. Yeah. And actually, 
figuring out, okay, well, why is this important to me that I want to see it through? Mm. And if your why is, gr- is, is big and means something to you, then you're going to see it through. Yeah. Like it's, it's easy to be motivated. It's easy to, to get what well, might not be easy to get good, but the more you do something, hopefully it will result in you mm. being better. So I think part of it is, for me, I saw my parents work hard at things. I saw them. Mm. I was, had it role model to me what work ethic was like and also I guess my dad and my mum were pretty tough on us like discipline wise in a good way (laughs) (laughs) in a good way and so it was just like this is what we do so do it yeah (laughs) so you always have um these stories about professional athletes writing down their goals setting up a constructed why was that something you did or did you always have it floating around in your head did yeah, you ever put so, things down on paper? Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, I guess yeah. my dad was really big on goal setting. I'm talking about my dad a lot, but it was definitely my mum and dad. But So, like, from, yeah. from the age of 10, mm-hmm. he made us sit down, like, end of school holidays in January and write goals. <laughs> nice. I kid you not. Yeah. And it wasn't acceptable to kind of, like, write, I will be better. Maybe at 10 it was. But it was, like... You know, to write as a 10-year-old, I will do good at maths or something like that. So like those smart goals, basically. Yeah, so he was kind of teaching me how to do smart goals at a young age, you know. Like, wow. That's cool. And then it was like a, a yearly process. Okay, well, what do you want to do this year at school or whatever? It's, it's sport or, you know, we did, I played the piano, I did speech and drama. We were into everything and it wasn't sort of like... It, it was just expected that we would work hard to mm. be better or better than ourselves. I'm not, I'm not talking about better than other people. It was like a you do your best. Did you always achieve your goals? Because that's um, something a lot of people, especially now with social media, they, they write, they see everyone's writing down their goals. It might be quite unmotivating for them if they don't achieve their goals. Did you always achieve no, every goal? No. And then it was like, okay, well, why didn't I do that? And it was, a, and I'm not saying that I did that when I was 12. Oh, my gosh, I was like 12 years old, you know. <laughs> but, like, in terms of sport, there's so many times I haven't done what I wanted. More times than I, than I have. We've both got a burning question. How do you get good <laughs> or great at all of them? You're running, you're jumping, you're throwing, but you're also running 800 metres. You're doing 110 metre hurdles? 100, yeah. 100 metre hurdles. and then you're, So you're combining a short-distance sprint with a long mm. run whilst jumping <laughs> as high as you can and as long as you can, and then you're trying to push-press a shot put. That's why my face was like and that. And because also throw a javelin as far as you can. Oh, but how it's do you, over two days. How do you combine all, all of these things to... What does a week look like? Well, okay, so I guess you have, first of all, you have a really good coach. Yeah. yeah you yes. find the right people that are experienced. Do you experienced. want to shout out your coach? Yeah, so I, my <laughs> long-term coach was Elena Vinogradova, Elena, Elena Brown. She was an um, amazing person for me. I had oh, lots of other coaches along the way, mm. and the first coach I had at high school, Morag Owen, was someone really pivotal for me as well in terms of, like, getting me into the sport and I guess why I chose athletics yeah. as opposed to going down the netball route yeah. was for me. But uh, how do you train for heptathlon? How do you get good at eight, seven different things? That's the lure of it because it's like you're constantly trying to master these events. Mm. 
And so you, you're always, that's the, so going back, sorry, to the point of like heptathlon, I added up post my career seven times did I, was I in a heptathlon and I recorded like zero points in one event, which is like the ultimate no-no. Like I got three no jumps and long jumps. Right. So I got zero points. So immediately it's like, you're gone. Right. <laughs> There's no chance. And that happened to me seven times. So in terms of like, um, how do you pick yourself up? You're getting back on the you're horse. Getting back on the horse. <laughs> well, you just like, you either quit mm. or you change something. And mm. for a long time, so in f- a five-year period, I only improved like 2%, which is, which is like ridiculous. For given the amount of effort that I was putting into it, I was training full-time. I was, prob- I was working maybe part-time or either studying or working part-time. And it was just devastating yeah. every time that I did this. And it, w- it wasn't like I was just down the road doing it. You know, I was on the other side. I'd, people had helped me and I was, like, spending thousands of dollars mm. and getting, like, negative return on an investment. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, so, can you tell us about your weekly, like, the oh, training? Sorry. I would yeah, love let's to break hear. down. Oh, let's break gosh. down Monday. Did you yeah, throw gosh. in the morning, like? Chest day on Monday, was that a throwing day? <laughs> Did we, we actually just run read a big article on, uh, for the Healthy Food Guide on like whole body exercise versus yeah. like isolation. But to <laughs> your point, um, my schedule, so I would train six days a week, longest day, five or six hours, shortest day, maybe two Holy. hours. Lots of technical sessions because yeah. like all the throws and the jumps are highly technical and hurdles and sprinting is a technical event. And then on top of that, weight training to be able to be strong and resilient. You know, you're mm. trying to push a 4kg shot, but also you're trying to absorb like 20 times your body weight in the high jump takeoff. That's a lot of load on your body and a lot of like, I would do a lot of pilo- pilometric training and yeah, so it, it varied a, a, between the weeks, but essentially it was, I would finish training on say Saturday, just after midday, have an hour massage mm. and not be able to get out of bed for the rest of the day. Wow. Just because I was so wrecked and then Sunday's off and then do it all again. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and it was just like, when I finally, like after this, period of like five years of not doing so well and being really frustrated and thinking, well, okay, I missed out on the 2008 Olympics, probably wasn't ready for it. But 2012 was like, well, if I don't qualify here, then that's it. And I could either keep going after 2011 season or quit. It was like, well, I've got to change something. And I've got to do a lot of work because I felt subconsciously at some level I was sabotaging myself because my training performances and everything indicated much better than actually what I was doing at competition. So I basically stripped it all back and long story short, um, did a lot of work not only on myself but changed my mindset around the training and around, um, I guess, life. And then I just went off. And it was just so freeing and so that that motivation to keep going was like, it's easy to keep going when you see progress. Mm. It's very difficult when you're constantly falling short. Yeah, like losing weight. You see pictures and you're like, oh, actually, yeah, I'm looking good. Absolutely. And athletics is great because it's very objective. So you see numbers, Mm. you see distances, you know. You can't lie. Like the tape measure will not lie for you. The stopwatch will not lie. And I had a Russian coach who was who was very tough. She was in the Soviet team wow. and very successful herself. 
And she was at times really ruthless. Very which was yeah. Spade was a spade. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. But <laughs> actually, that's really refreshing, I think, in New Zealand. Sometimes we're a bit afraid to sort mm-hmm. of... Do you think we dance around dance around a bit? Just I think we try do. cushion like, it a little? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, like, we want to be friends with people, mm. which is great. But you, you can be friends with someone and still ask them, hey, actually, actually, how are you? Yeah. And actually what's going on. Mm. And I think with athletics and sport in general, it's actually, it's a help. It's not a hindrance when someone's truly honest with you, brutally honest. And when people got brutally honest with me, I was like, I want you on board. Yeah. Because I know you're in it for the right reason. So I've worked with a number of sports psychs uh, throughout my career and all kind of offered little bits and pieces, but I think it's about finding someone that you relate to and someone you connect to, just like any relationship, yeah, I guess. Absolutely, yeah. And so I've worked with David Galbraith since 2011. I still kind of see him now in a friend capacity. And he's just, he really just enabled me to take the handbrake off my life. And it, he didn't actually care about performance. He actually just cared about me. Mm. And he couldn't have given a rat's. He was like, I, actually, I want you to do, I, I want you to fail so you, so I see who you truly are. Yeah, cool. Mm. And at first I was like, oh, that's all <laughs> like I like Okay. Yeah. And I remember one time I was in like a meeting with him and he was like, or like a session, and he was like, ask me a question. And I sort of laughed it off. And he was like, do you see what you did there? You laughed like there's something in there. And I was like, oh. Like, I was like, sorry? Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. <laughs> but it was so good to be called on stuff. Mm. And it was like, well, hang on a minute. How is that in this very moment pervading into your sport? Mm. And if you can get, like, if you can show courage in all of in your life outside the track, well, when you step on the track, it's not a problem. It's not a problem to be bold. It's not a problem to, you know, lay it all out there in a competition arena to kind yeah. of feel that fear and then go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's there. I'm not going to hide from that. I'm just going to run into it with open arms because I know that that's actually going to make me grow the most. And so I think what Dave did was really change, you know, if we're talking about terminology from mm-hmm. a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And the biggest thing that he sort of taught me was about self-acceptance. And that became my goal to be accepting of myself to truly know who who I I was, how I operate. And then it was just like, cool, okay, I can do anything. And the other thing I did around that time was I I started seeing a hypnotist. Oh. Because I was like, if it is like if my block is subconscious, okay, how can I I kind of get around this? Yeah. But... It, she was amazing. Um, Caroline Crancher was her name. Mm-hmm. And she, yeah, so I worked with her as well, sort of later stages of my athletics career. And she was great. But she was more, she was sort of became more of a therapist, really, um, and did some. You come of, lie down on the couch, yeah, look at the ceiling. Yeah. 20 minutes of hypnotherapy <laughs> is like a two hour power nap. So, like, I'd always come out of there just feeling great. Do you have any books? We've got yep. some readers out there. <laughs> readers are usually um, listeners. Yep, yep. So in terms of books, uh, Dave has written a book, Habits of Greatness. Great title. Yeah. Probably the other book that I'd really recommend is The Art of Learning 
by Josh Waitson. He's, I won't spoil it, but a guy called Dan Pfaff, who's probably one of the world's greatest ever track and field coaches. He's a US guy and a friend of my husband and I's. And that was the first book he recommended to me. And it's a great read about mastery. They made a movie about him because he was a a master chess player. And so he was like supposedly going to be the next Bobby Fischer. Then he became a push hands Tai Chi champion. So, yeah, quite interesting. Uh, There was a movie, but this is the book. So, The Art of Learning. And it's about developing mastery, which I think we're all trying to do as athletes, how we can. And for heptathlon, it's like, it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. The other book that I read a lot was Napoleon Hill's book. And I would literally just have it. With me, the pa- the book is so worn, like you'd think my grandparents <laughs> owned it. And, I'm, you know, like I'm not afraid to, like, write in books. My husband is terrible about writing Actually in books. Actually write in books? Yeah, like oh underlining, God. like, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, I'd open it in the heptathlon and just kind of get a paragraph and be like, yeah, this is, this speaks to me. And, nice. yeah, even the book, like, The Secret, I think yeah. is, you know, we can all get something the from secret, it. Yeah. But I guess it's being open to what it says, so. So how, how old were you when you went to your first Olympics and... Commonwealth. So I was 22 at my first Commonwealth Games wow. um, in 2006. Okay. And I just finished physio school. And when I was at physio school, I had a lot of injuries. And so in my fourth year at physio school, I sort of got back into uh, I went to World Unis in mm. Turkey and I roomed with a very good friend of mine, Rebecca Wardell, who's another heptathlete. And she was doing heptathlon and I was made the long jump final. And I was like, oh man, like I, I'd done one heptathlon ages ago when I was mm. at high school. And I was like, oh, you're getting so much value, more bang for your buck doing heptathlon. Like <laughs> <laughs> people kind of put you, try and put you off it because it's, it's really difficult. And athletics is a really difficult, difficult sport anyway. Yeah. And so it's, you're trying to constantly juggle things. Yeah. Um, but it's sort of like the attraction of it. And so anyway, changed to heptathlon. And then five months later was our Commonwealth Games mm. trials and made the team and as it sort of like an outsider I, I believed I could make it and the high performance director at the time was like no there's no chance like don't even try yes. and anyway made it I actually did three no throws in Melbourne in the MCG packed house so javelin amateur and it really showed and it was brutal there's, there's no hiding from it but you, you were know. so you were 22 I was 22 but take yeah. us take us to that so you've just been accepted to go to the Commonwealth Games. You're walking out to the Commonwealth Games. <laughs> What's going through your head? Are you th- what are you thinking about? Because you didn't have your children at the time. What is your big why? Are you thinking about family at home? Are you thinking about New Zealand? Are you, like, what's going through your mind as you're walking out to this huge crowd and then to throw <laughs> no throws? Okay, so fortunately I had Javelin's like the sixth event, so I had a lot of time before that to kind of yeah. um, get used to the environment. What I was thinking about when I was walking out, I was actually like just so happy to be there mm. and just really wanted to do a good performance. Yeah. Uh, my family, so my, it was 2006, my dad had died 
two years before. So for my family, it meant a lot, a lot to yeah. um, to us to have me there, I guess. And I feel like I'm trying to represent my family. My family is like is really my why of why I'm do- I'm doing this. And so my brother and my mum were in the stands, but also we had like family friends because it was Melbourne. It was just yeah. so cool because like I had friends living in Melbourne. They'd just be like, hey, obviously afterwards was a different story in terms of the focus, <laughs> but um, I had I had like so many aunts and uncles come yeah. and my one of my uncles who I hadn't really spent a lot of time with big Pacific Island family but I had he's got like seven kids and I was like meeting my cousins for like my first, first time? time wow which was super cool and yeah. like friends of in the team were like I was like, this is my cousin, but I've just kind of met them this yeah, night. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's like, very what? cool. Yeah, so I guess what I was thinking was, I wasn't sort of, I was just thinking about, I was more performance focused at that that point in my life. And yeah. it wasn't like, I wasn't thinking just enjoy it or things like that because I didn't have the maturity then to recognise if I'm enjoying this and having fun, then I'll go further. Obviously, it was like full throttle, but yep. it was very much event by event. Um, have a few things to focus on in every event. And obviously, in Javelin, it just um, didn't go that well. <laughs> <It's> just, not, <laughs> the Javelin point did not go that yeah. well. I was really, I was, um, I, I think I'd hurt my back in doing Javelin just a week before. So maybe that played into it, but yeah, it's a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> What made you decide that, oh, well, I'm going to pick this as my go-to passion? Because if you could have gone to netball, you you know, that could have been a whole different story of your life now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. So when I was at high school, I was went to school athletics day and one of the teachers, um, Morag Owen, who I mentioned before, was one of the PE teachers. And after school athletics day, she invited like a couple of us to come along over the winter and do like, I think we trained like one extra time a week. And I played netball as well, played rep netball. And it was just, I really liked the team sport. And Mm. I grew up always wanting to be a silver fern because that's what we saw on TV. Yes, like growing up as a Kiwi. Yes, you can't be what you don't see. So I was like... I want to be a silver fan. Mm-hmm. Then I started to have more success in athletics. By, like, say, fourth form, year 10, I won, like, national secondary school titles, and then I was invited to go to camps, and then I made started managing teams. And it was like, oh, okay, keep going, keep going. And my school netball team, I kind of was, like, frustrated at I could have the best game ever, and we'd still lose. Right. So... Mm. I really liked individual sport because of that ownership Mm. of your performance. And I really still love netball and team sports, but I think naturally um, I'm probably more suited to individual sport. What do you think the difference between the qualities you get out of team sports as opposed to individual sports? I think playing team sport is really great in terms of obviously a teamwork. Everyone's different and everyone learns differently. Everyone plays differently. So that learning patience, I think, is a really great skill for any... That delayed gratification is great for kids to learn. Resilience across the board is, I think, what we should be teaching our kids. Now, you can learn that in team sports and you Mm. can learn that in individual sports. I think both have great 
attributes and I'm not sure, you know, hopefully our kids play sport and I hope that they do a mix because they will get so much out of both. But I think it's like those general characteristics of actually having to work together, work as a unit. And I kind of feel like individual sport, you actually do have a team, you do work in a team, and people don't kind of see that as much. Like with my team, it was just like I was I was the centre of it, but I was still having to coordinate with a few people mm. to make essentially my team go faster. I think this is just sport is a great way to teach kids great stuff and those um you know just obviously there's the health benefits of being active but I think more and more that we need to encourage kids to sport for the for the other soft skills that they're getting Mm. and also yeah just I think it's it's okay to want to win we need to be teaching kids because I think we've kind of been like clapping for anything and actually Let's let's bring back a little bit of mongrel in our yeah. kids, you know, mm. and let's just say, hey, it's okay to thrive. And if that's not your thing in thriving, okay, cheer your mate on, let him thrive, pass him the ball, and let him do his moves and whatever. Because I think we're losing, maybe we're at risk of losing that, and I I think that's a shame if we do. I never miss a Monday. That's my rule. And I never go three days without exercise. That's cool. when the wheels fall off me. And my husband's like, oh, where did you last exercise? <laughs> go to the gym. So, and I love, I and also like try and be outdoors as much as possible. Yeah. For me, that's really important. And I don't care about whether I just go. So I'll do anything in a week from like a run. Like I, I really like going long and slow, mm. but I'm also like, I want to kind of keep my twitch. Fair enough. So yeah. I'm not like, I, I want to do kind of like, power type training, speed stuff, in case I decide to like do a little bit more triple jump maybe. <laughs> just decide. <laughs> just, just casually. Just want to break a record. In case. More just I, I kind of, I really wanted to jump over 13 metres in triple jump and I didn't. So I've still got that kind of just sticking <laughs> away at me. In the back of your head. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, okay. So for example, today I went and did some hills Yep. They were probably like 200 metres and just went 100%. Five times. Crazy. This is a good one for you guys to try. Okay. Okay, okay we'll so do this. I did this. Sometimes I train with my husband, some of his athletes. So he works in elite sport. Some of the athletes are friends of mine, so I'll just join in randomly. And probably not, definitely not recommended if you don't have a training history to like okay. just jump in and do like trap <laughs> so, bar deadlifts or something like that. Yeah. On this one, a few months ago, I was doing this challenge of like, a rugby cross goalpost crossbar, mm. six kg medicine ball, throwing it over, over the bar and then to the other side. And I was pitiful. I was so pitiful. I was like, oh my goodness. And I totally got smashed by my husband because he's someone who's like fit as well. And the athlete who's my friend. And so I was like, oh man, like it's been eating away at me how crap I was. So I just went back today and, and did it. got it done. Oh my god! <laughs> so it was a minute. But a it's minute. like, so, like that's the thing. It's like I feel we can do so much in a short amount of time. Like if I've got a minute and I haven't done any, anything, mm-hmm. I'll do a minute burpees. Yeah. Awful. Nice. Feel gross. But 
I mean, I'll do 30 burpees in a minute and I can try and build it, like, again, build up to it or, like, 10 burpees on a minute. And then I, I started doing this thing, like, 10 minutes, okay? And usually if I don't exercise in the day, I'll try and do something at night and that's when mm. I'm tired and I'm, like, and my brain is, like, I can't think. And anyway, and I'm a little bit scared of the dark, so I don't like running at night, which uh, is really I, pathetic. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah, safety scary. first, people. But I'll do like 10 squats and 10 press laps on the minute. Nice. I really like other things that I like doing is I like doing yoga with Adrian, the YouTube series. Cool. Good suggestion there, actually. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's the best kind of one I've found. Move at Mama sometimes, awesome. um, 20 minutes. But I really, I do like doing, going down and doing an old workout. Like I kind of like have realized, okay, just try not to compare old times and Mm. things like that. And it's really difficult when you have that high performance athlete mindset of like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, Yeah, and I know what I used to do. So it's like, okay. I, for a long time, I was used to pain, the train, like horrendous training sessions. Mm. And I... Like with the Bronco, it was intriguing to me because it was like... Also, just for our mums at home, so you're saying that um, some of your workouts sometimes are just 10, 20 minutes, mm. blast out, get your sanity back, and then carry on. <laughs> yep. sure. Yeah, uh, like, cool. That's all you need. Yeah, eh? all you need. And yeah. sometimes what I do is I'll like, okay, today I'm going to do 150 push-ups. I'm going to do them sets of 10 mm. throughout the day. So, And my kids are great. My because they're so used to us, just give me 10 sort of thing. Max <laughs> will get like, into it. go, mummy, go, go, oh, mummy, go. And he'll do, and that's a really cool thing because yeah. I'm like, I think now he's got this thing of like, <laughs> he gets chalk <laughs> oh. from our gym and he'll be like, oh, I've got to get my grips on, mum. He'll put the chalk on his hands and then he'll ask me to like hold him up to the oh, chin-up bar cute. and he'll hang and then, I mean, he won't do it very long, <laughs> yeah. but he'll be like, get your circle around me, and I'll sort of go around his legs, and oh. then he'll just drop. and Or he'll pick up weights and things like that. And, you know, if the biggest thing I think, you know, other than, you know, compassion and kindness and empathy, we want our kids to develop a love for being active yeah. and a love for learning. And that's really important to us. So. And such a good thing to um, for them to watch, eh? As you yeah. Guys. Yeah. yeah. Getting down and doing yeah. 10 push-ups throughout yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Out, mum's outside sprinting. That yeah. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, I, yeah. I, I was kicking a ball round with him yesterday and Poppy was just playing as well. And I'd be trying to do handstands and yeah. things like that. It's like... Having fun? Yeah. yeah. With yeah. exercise? Yeah. Because I find yeah. it hard when people say, oh, I don't have time, I yeah. don't have time. But you do have so much time throughout the day that you can just do it anywhere. We all have anytime. choices. Yeah. yeah. And we, you, can do you know, it. like even if you get up five minutes earlier yeah. and do five minutes of exercise. Exactly. I don't know anyone that has not felt better. Yes, you always feel better. You know, even if you out. feel really awful just immediately, yeah. you get that kick of the good stuff. And you you're do. like, all of a sudden you forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. We just want to go through um, some of your PBs mm-hmm. for our <laughs> aspiring athletes out yes. there. So I'm just going to just quick fire. Um, hurdles. Third oh. 84. Okay. High jump. 191. Holy That's heck. so high. That is like two of you, Viv. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is scary to think. That is You're so ridiculous. High. How tall are you? I'm 176. Um, shot put. 1324. 200 meter? 2494. Okay, that's a 50 meter head start. Okay, we'll have that race, eh? <laughs> Long jump? 
Well, I jumped 628 windy, but 618 legal. Wow, wait. Javelin? 41.93. Cool. And 800 metres? Uh, 2.14 flat. That's very good. Impressive. All right. Shall we, shall we wrap this up with the burning question? <laughs> One last question. I'm going to ask you, what has been your greatest achievement to date? My children. Oh. Our children. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah. That's so good. Max yeah. and Poppy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. It's, yeah, it's funny how you sort of um, get to a point and you're like, well, these these are like our greatest gifts for the world and what a privilege it is to be a parent. It is exhausting, yeah. but it is awesome. <laughs> but you love them. You're like, sometimes I you drive me. <laughs> Mummy needs to go have a timeout. Time out. A drink or something. Yes, yes, yes. No, very cool. No, I think that was great. You've done very well. Very well. We're so lucky to have you and all your knowledge. Thank you, Sarah. I feel like we could talk for hours, but I feel we could very, too, guys. Very blessed to have you on the show. Super inspiring for all those, yeah, all those young yeah. athletes. You got some good. Or great qualities, really. And yeah. was, is there anything uh, you you want to say to young aspiring athletes now? What is the, the the one thing you wanted to let them know? I think just have fun. Yeah. Like sometimes we get a little bit, uh, lot we get a little bit too serious too early. And I think I definitely fell into that category. Mm. And I think the more you enjoy something, the, the, more, the better, better you're, you're going to get. get. Yeah. And if we sometimes just look up a little bit. Um, we can. There's no no harm in being serious. I'm yeah. probably quite serious. I was definitely a serious athlete, um, but when I started to have more fun with it, it was like, oh yeah, this is cool. Yeah, this is really cool. Well, that's all for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening in. Make sure you grab a free trial at any of our flexes. Come along and see what we're all about. Also check out on our website to get free downloadables and also blog posts that are related to the current podcast. And that's it. Au revoir.